0: interform podcast with your girl ro on the radio make sure you follow us on instagram it's at interform.art and visit our website interform.art i've got judith from rooted i love saying that because i feel like it rhymes and she's here she's gonna tell you a little bit about what she does with the community and where she's coming from welcome judith
1: Hey, bro! Thank you for having me here. So, I am Judith from Rooted. I love how it rhymes too. Thank you for that. But I love to start off saying that I come from the community that I serve. Uh, I strongly believe the greatest impact one can does uh, do for a community is coming from what you serve, having that lived experience. I think that's where you create greater impact, and so I am so proud of that. But basically, what we do is currently we're supporting Latinx parents to make sure that they're effectively engaged in their child's education. And so I say Latinx because it, I had to figure out my journey, what happened in my journey that my parents were not engaged, and heal from that journey because I did not want to project my own experience onto the families that I was serving. So I'm currently serving Latinx families. We are going to expand to other communities, and I'm so excited about that uh, and see where that this movement goes of engaging and parents having a voice in their child's education.
0: That is amazing. I can totally uh, feel you on that as far as parents being engaged. I definitely try to be a little bit more engaged in my son's um, educational path. Now, what I want to kind of go over and discuss with you is, coming from the Latinx community, what do you feel like people who are not a part of the Latinx community, what do you feel like they should know that they don't know? Because I feel like a lot of misunderstandings come from ignorance. It comes from uh, not lived experiences. And it comes from not hearing some, from someone who has lived those experiences, the impact of people who don't know and people who, who don't experience the Latinx experience. So what do you feel like people who aren't Latinx should know about the Latinx community?
1: Yeah, and I think people in general should do this take a step back, no matter what community you are looking into with your unconscious biases, with your perspective, step back. Um, And I I think I'm going to generalize this because it happens in any culture, is that once we have a formed experience of anything that happened negatively, we project that onto every person, Latinx, Black, Asian, it doesn't matter. We are projecting that one experience onto everyone. And so if I can say is just take a step back and try to create patterns, like you have that one, bad experience, great. Go out and meet more people, you know, see their lived experiences, hear their stories. I think hearing the stories too. Um, so I don't want to dive into the negative of what people think of the Latinx community. It's just one experience creates your unconscious bias, and that's what you're seeing people with.
0: Mm, that is super true. And sometimes they don't even experience it. They just go off of what somebody else has said or heard or family members, and it's kind of a passed down cognitive dissonance, I guess is is what would be the, the best thing uh, to say about that. Now let's talk cultural appropriation. Now it doesn't have to be a negative talk because some people don't necessarily understand the impact that um, it has on the particular community that they are appropriating. Now, what is your experience with cultural appropriation and how would you handle that? Like maybe in a positive way by, you know, just letting people know, hey, that's probably, we maybe we could do it this way, or maybe we can do it this way, especially with Uh, Cinco de Mayo is coming up. And this is something that I see a lot of. And I'm just kind of wondering which way to go as far as saying something positive to the people who may not understand that cultural appropriation is probably not the best direction to go in. How would you handle that? Judith from Rooted.
1: Oh, gosh, bro. This is fascinating. So I grew up in Los Angeles until I was 15. Mm. And it's fascinating because we don't culturally appropriate much. We respect each other. And I always say, I grew up in the hood. So you could walk one block and know automatically I'm not in my space. I'm not going to make this place assimilate to my needs. You step in and you see what's going on. How do I look at this environment? How do I navigate this environment? And you're unconsciously thought to do that. Mm -hmm. it's fascinating so I moved to Arkansas and it's a complete well I was dragged I say I was dragged to Arkansas by my parents at 15 (laughs) so I'm here now 25 years and so it's we don't hold those spaces if you think about it we walk into a space and we're
0: assimilating to a white culture Mm, you're absolutely right and so
1: instead of like let's say there's little China in LA You walk in there, you're researching. Okay, how do I use chopsticks? What's going to my mannerism going to be? I don't want to reroute. You're researching these things to ensure that you are honoring the space.
0: Yeah, that's the phrase, honoring the space. So
1: that is my experience, you know, growing up there. So here, it's interesting. No one teaches us the language of being oppressed.
0: (laughs) You're so right. My dog
1: agrees. Um, (laughs) Yes. So when something's being culturally appropriated, Mm -hmm. anger comes in. Mm. Yes. Sometimes we don't know how to process that anger. We're just angry. And so when you're trying to say something to someone, it's like it doesn't come across right. But you know what they're doing is wrong. And so I find that so often in this area that the dominant culture wants to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Do they know the history? Have they taken advice from someone, you know, none of that process. And I think it goes back to education is taught and the environment doesn't teach us how to do that either.
0: Exactly.
1: So it's, to have those conversations like you're saying like you said about, hey, this is wrong. If those that are being oppressed don't know how to articulate it, and then those that you know are celebrating don't see anything wrong, how do we have a conversation about this?
0: It's so difficult. I think, I think one of my frustrations is that single Mayo happens, right? The the cultural appropriation and then literally probably the the next day or two weeks later it's all about uh immigration and and people needing to do this and people needing to do that and it's like wait a minute weren't you just like last week you were celebrating Cinco de Mayo i think that's the hypocrisy is what is is it kind it can be very frustrating and it's like i feel like how do you navigate that do you say something about the cultural appreci- appropriation beforehand. I think maybe having a conversation or an education about it before, you know, the celebration is probably the best way to go, right? Because you can't do it in the heat of the moment. You can't do it when you're out with your friends. You know, if you're at a bar or somewhere celebrating, you can't say, hey, you can't do that. It's just not the right time. It's not just not the right setting. So I think pre-planning and pre-education may be a positive way to go do you feel that way
1: yes and um just from experience because i have had to try to have these conversations with people and it it goes south fast
0: yeah Um, people get defensive
1: fast um one of the things that comes up is i'm trying to celebrate your culture what's wrong with this
0: are you trying to celebrate it or are you trying to drink like (laughs) let's, (laughs) let's 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 be honest Right. right
1: I'm like, is there even margaritas in Mexico? Where did a margarita come from? Where, you know, like like these are all things, you know, but and then the other part, I I mentioned stepping back and hearing stories because I think in this area that is lacking. Um, but I asked someone, like, go into the communities, listen to the stories, get to know people, because when you do that, it's way more than cinco de mayo. Mm. It's an everyday occurrence that you want to connect with people that don't have your same culture. Like it's, it's, you live and breathe it so naturally, but the response to that, and this was a high official within the community was that's a lot of work. Who's going to do that? And wow. so. It's, so you
0: so, don't want to do the work, but you want to celebrate though.
1: So celebrating is easy, mm. but were you invited to the celebration because exactly. that's about honoring space.
0: Wow, Judith from Rooted. I'm going to keep saying that through this whole thing because I love it. (laughs) But it was very telling. Were you expecting such an honest answer? You know what I mean? Because technically there's a little bit of accountability there, even though they may not see it, but they were basically accountable for their actions and saying, hey, I don't want to do the work. I just want to celebrate. Right.
1: In that instance, they wanted me to do the work wow and and that was bluntly said um which I am grateful they said that because it hit me in the head I was like oh what's happening here
0: Mm.
1: that was the first time that I've experienced that and like I said people that are oppressed do not have language they don't teach us in school this is how you're oppressed this is what happens this is how you're going to react so most of the things that we encounter that give us that aha moment hurt
0: yeah they do
1: And then we have to sit there and process that for a while. And then the wisdom
0: comes. And then here's where the gaslighting comes in, where it's like, uh, you know, oh, you're just the only one. You're just taking it a little too seriously. Right. Like, we don't mean any harm by it. Like you said, we're celebrating your culture. And then because you're uh, not the dominant race in the state, then you kind of, you know, you, you retract back a little bit. I know I do. Like when I share my experience of, you know, gaslighting or prejudice or, or racism as a black woman, it's like, oh, you're, you know, you're, it's not like that at all. Like here's, here's my favorite. I'm not racist. I have uh mixed grandkids. <laughs> Just that That is not an excuse for, for your actions or your behavior. I got a little hint for you. There were slave owners who had mixed children. So that doesn't excuse. It's like a serial killer has friends that they didn't kill. So that's not really a safe analogy to to excuse why you have uh, inappropriate speech and language. So I think it's hard as as a minority to speak your truth and to let people share your experiences without there being some kind of pushback or or the defensiveness. But I like what you you did is you asked a question, right? And you let him answer. So I think that your method is the way to go. Just ask questions, like ask people where they are, where where they are in their understanding with celebrations or with the culture. Because if you just point your finger and tell like, hey, this is how it is, this is how I feel, this is how you're making me feel, they're, they're automatically gonna shut down. So I like asking questions.
1: So let me ask you a question.
0: Yeah, let's do uh, it, Judith from Rooted. What the
1: fuck? Love that, bro. I'm gonna use that now. I'm gonna use that with that jingle too. Um, what would we say when someone's inappropriately, you know, like using our culture? What question can we ask? Because I, w- I was listening to you, and I was like, what can I ask at that moment? Because seriously, your body feels it, your body feels yep. it, but then you freeze because the emotion kicks in. And so what can we ask at that moment
0: to you throw it speaking, back at them? You are speaking directly to me. Like my stomach is, is turning because you are speaking the truth. I, I, I found in my experience that it's not helpful to do it in the moment in the moment, especially if someone else is around, if their friends are around, if my friends are around, things get immediately awkward. They immediately get defensive. And I can't ask any questions in the moment. I have to pull them to the side, wait a different day or in a different context. Like I may not be able to say it, ask them questions in person around their friends or my friends, but I may, if that's my friend, which usually it is because they they think that we're cool and and they're comfortable so they can say whatever they want, it's been more helpful for me to revisit it later. Because number one, I'm super angry when it happens. Like you said, the emotion kicks in, I get angry. That's not the best time for me to ask any questions because I'm going to be defensive as well. Mm -hmm. So I really need to take a step back, gather my emotions, and come to them in a different space where we're both at a point or have the energy to discuss it. Cause some people don't even have the energy, you know? You know, so, it's interesting.
1: I was hearing you and thank you for sharing that. Cause I, I was navigating that experience with you. And it's like, maybe for me would be saying, you know, I'm really uncomfortable right now. And I need some time to think about this.
0: Ooh, that gives them something to think about. Right. Because it's like, why are you uncomfortable? I'm going to think about that. Maybe it's something that I did. So that's where the self-reflection comes in and then they get to sit on it too. So you don't have to be the only one that's uncomfortable. Judith from Rudin. That's it. That's what, that's what we need to do. That's, that's exactly what we need to do. I had, I had a a experience, one of many Um, when I worked in retail, there was a, a coworker who used to, uh, a Caucasian coworker every time she saw me, she used to be like, "Hey, girlfriend, or "Hey, Shanne, First of all, Shannene is a character played by a man, so that is offensive in in different ways. but finally i I asked her, I said, "Is there a reason you feel the need to say girlfriend when you when you talk to me? Is there any way you could say anything different? Is that the way you feel like you can relate to me?" And she was like. I don't know why I say it if it makes you uncomfortable I won't I won't do it anymore and I said well I appreciate that I just I was just trying to get to to the root of it but thank you for understanding so that one was smooth not all of them have gone as smoothly what about you are there some instances where you've actually you know what I'm gonna muster up the courage and I'm gonna I'm gonna speak because this makes me uncomfortable um and how did that go
1: there was one time and it was, so I got called out and, you know, like, um, when the coronavirus came out and I said something about China, a friend pulled me in and had a conversation. It was, I was like, thank you. But then I saw uh, a white man post about something similar to what I said on Facebook. And so I messaged him. And I was like, you know, here's what's going on. This is really racist to our Asian community members. Uh, Let's have a conversation about this. And he's like, why does this always have to be about racism? That my intention was not racism. And so luckily, because I was like getting frustrated, like, how do you continue? Yeah, I was like, (laughs) and my daughter, my daughter, my daughter studies anthropology. So she always tells me it's not your job to make people care. Uh, Woo, that's
0: real too, Judith for Rooted.
1: I had a step back. And so I went back to the post and there are people making really racist remarks on the post. That was my saving grace. And I said, Hey, go back and read those comments. And he's like, Oh, that's not my intention. I'm like, you are a white man. That's how it comes across.
0: Perception is reality. It may not be how you intended but that's how people received it. And more than one person received it. So that's when you need to take self-reflection. It's different if one person perceived it wrong and they're like, oh, it's just that one person. But if you, if, like you said, if there's some comments on there, listen, you may want to take a step back.
1: But if those comments weren't there, would he have listened? No. And so that's Mm. the time that you have to learn how to go. This is not worth my time. It is not my job. Because I've had, as a community leader, I've had people tell me, it's literally, it is your job to teach us. I'm like, are you paying me? And if I was charged, if I was charging, do I really want to?
0: No. That's a fine line, Judith from Rooted. How do we do that? Do, do, Do we feel like it's our responsibility to teach people? Like, there's so many resources out there. Why is it always our responsibility to teach people about our struggle and our pain. Like, shouldn't they be open-minded enough to do the research and do the legwork on their own? Why are we always having to teach people? We We have to deal with so much on a regular basis as being a Latinx woman, as being a Black woman every day. So on top of that, we got to teach you too.
1: No, thank you. Um, I will say now, I don't feel safe having this conversation with you, or that doesn't seem like a safe space for me to be vulnerable the way I need to be. That's how, I, and I clearly state that because I want them to know, especially educators, if they're, you know, when they're teaching our kiddos, mm-hmm. that if a child does not want to speak, they don't feel safe enough to speak.
0: There it and is.
1: They have to acknowledge that.
0: Mm. So you have to make provisions and and make a child feel safe enough to speak. And if they don't, that's a reflection on you then, right?
1: Yes. And they'll
0: tell you the truth.
1: (laughs) But that's with anyone, right? Like I'm very cognizant if I'm making a space safe enough for people to be themselves and vulnerable or like, Hey, that triggered me. Yeah. You know, like I'm very cognizant of that. And so educators parents adults need to be cognizant if you're really doing the work and you're not racist mm-hmm. then you have to be cognizant of the space you're creating for others
0: there it is how do you and this is my last question because this has this just been like fruit for my soul judith from rude somebody who understands where i'm coming from how so there are people but uh, the Latinx community of the Black community that deal with the same things we're dealing with every day, they don't feel comfortable speaking up. How would someone get to a place to where they are comfortable speaking up about being uncomfortable, about being singled out? Because I'm going to tell you, it took me a while, and I'm 38. It took me a while to get to a place where I was comfortable enough with telling people not to touch my hair. To reach out and touch my hair like oh my gosh it's so frizzy it's so fuzzy it's so like this and reaching out to touch my hair like i'm a zoo animal because at first i was like you know what maybe they don't they don't mean it i'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt i'm not going to say anything because this is going to be awkward because it's four white girls trying to touch my hair and just me like it's i'm all i got so i'm just gonna just let it pass whatever but now i'm at the point where like hey don't do that. But some people aren't at that point. How did you get to that point, Judith, from Rooted?
1: <laughs> so being here 25 years, I think the last five years, I've really found my tribe.
0: And mm. I felt
1: safe enough to speak with my tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say tribe just to honor that community feeling of our ancestors, of supporting one another. But you think of many of us that grew up in trauma and oppression, we don't know what it's like to be safe. And so when I was hearing you, like people touching your hair, like how you couldn't say anything because you probably froze that trauma response in our body that we freeze. And then like, again, like it takes over and then we can't speak. Mm -hmm. So it takes getting older healing to be able then to communicate, but you can't do that unless you know what it's like to be safe. Because even if, think about it, sometimes we don't even feel safe with our own people.
0: Oh. So we have to feel safe first, first and foremost, before you even get to that point. Because if you don't, you won't even get to that point.
1: You won't. Uh, So now I'm like, I honor and respect myself because I know what it's like to be safe. And I'm doing my healing that you're going to honor and respect me. Mm. And we have to get to that point. And you can't get to the point unless you're in a safe space with people that respect and honor you.
0: Oh, Judith. Judith from Rooted. I love you. Is there anything else that you want everyone to know? I want you to talk about Rooted again and where you can be reached. I want people to know that this is a valuable asset to the community. Where can they reach you?
1: Yeah, you can text me. Text me 479. (laughs) Don't call me. You know.
0: (laughs) Text me, girl. (laughs)
1: Who answers their phone anymore? I don't know. So 479-236-6947. And I'm so excited with Rooted. We're getting to get to do some beautiful uh, research right now to really bring out the parent voice and what's happening in our education systems. Uh, So if you feel inclined, and this is something that's in your heart, you're a first-gen student that had to navigate this process, that's where I come from with this work. Text me. Or you can email me at judith at um, Like I said, I don't answer my phone. So either text me or email me. I'm there. Um, but it's some beautiful work, you know, that we're going to get to do. And like I said, you know, you can't fight these systems unless parents honor and respect themselves and have mm-hmm. a safe space. And that's what Rooted is, honestly, for parents.
0: Rooted is a safe space. I love it. Judith from Rooted. That is Interform Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. It's interform.art and our website, interform.art. I'm Ro. You can follow me on Instagram at RO underscore on the radio, all one word. Thank you so much, Judith from Rooted.